Joel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel. We'll be reading first Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, if you had turned there. Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I'll read verse 1. Join me on verse 2 and read every other verse with me. That's Joel chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath eaten, hath the caterpillar eaten. I'm sorry. Let's go over to uh, chapter number two now. And we'll read verses one and two. I'll read verse one. Join me on verse number two. Chapter two, verse number one. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the like, neither shall it be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Now let's skip over to verse number 11, and we'll read 11 through 16. I'll read verse 11 and Joel verse 12. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For he is strong that executed his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent, and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love to us, Lord. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for our church, Lord. Thank you for our pastor. And as, um, as Brother Felton said, Lord, uh, we are, are negligent if we're not thanking you for all that you do for us, Lord. You've truly blessed us. Pray, Father, that you would meet with us again today. I pray, Father, that you would fill our pastor with the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray, Father, that you would use him. And I pray that you would speak to each heart here, Lord, and that we'd be better servants for thee. Please bless his time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, 
One day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The world became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory
That's excellent. You know, I, I love songs, and uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, how old a song is or whatever, but I just love a song, I don't care how old it is or how young it is, it, that has the gospel inside of it. And that's just, that gives everything in it. Uh, it really is. It's a great, great song. Uh, you look at the, the book of Joel, and hopefully you, you turn to it, and we're going to kind of jump right into it. So I'm going to make a little disclaimer before I get started. A lot, normally, uh, be honest with you, it's kind of my nature and kind of normal for me to use a lot of humor, or at least some, throughout my message. I'm not sure we're going to go there today. Um, just, I, I began in this uh, study and preparation here in the, the book of Joel. Actually, I was going to a, a totally different type of message, and God took me to this. And uh, in Joel chapter 2, verses 11 through 16, it says, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide it? You know, when God comes in power, we got nothing to say anymore. When he does what he's going to do, we can't, we can't say anything about it. We can't do anything about it. Verse 12 says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even unto me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. He's really telling us that this, again, it's got to get down inside of us while we're doing what we're doing. And verse 13 is our kind of our text verse, key verse, And rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and, re and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless Holy Spirit of God. I need you this morning. I need you every morning. But Lord, I need you especially today. Lord, this is... Not an easy message to preach. This is not where I really wanted to go, but Lord, this seems to be where you, where you've directed my heart and my mind. So, Father, I pray that you'd please, Spirit of God, fill me with your presence, anoint me with your fresh oil, guide my mind and my thoughts. Lord, please let nobody be hurt by anything that's said or done. Let everyone be helped, but only you can do that, Spirit of God, if you speak. Ask in Jesus' name, Amen. I began to just to prepare a message about fasting. To and, and we're in this, and we're kind of doing. It didn't really mean for it to be a series, but it just kind of on my heart and mind. Uh, this this thing of, of fasting. My wife and I are on this uh, twenty-one day fast uh, together, <clears throat> and uh, I began to prepare it this message and prepare, and maybe I will tonight, maybe I will next week, I'm not sure, but uh, about the fact that when you begin to truly fast for God, there's almost, uh, not almost, there's always, if you look biblically, there's always an attack that's going to come. If you seek God and go to the next level of seeking God, which that's truly what fasting is, there's going to be an attack. And that's where I started out to preach today and started the direction I started to go. But then the Lord took me a different direction, took me to the book of Joel. Joel was 
most likely written in pre-exile. There's a debate over it, but I, but I believe it was pre-exile, which that means it just simply that uh, they were gonna, the, the nation was going to be taken into captivity in Babylon, and it was going to be a 70-year captivity. And, and uh, right before this takes place, Joel is written. It's a prophetic book, uh, and it's uh, written uh, to, uh, by this prophet of God to warn people of what's coming. To warn people what's going to happen if, if, if they don't uh, hear what he says. Joel is a warning. God uses locusts and, and other such little creatures as an illustration of what is going to happen to the people if they do not turn back to God. As you see in, that, in the passage that we, we read uh, at the very beginning, it, it says in Joel chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, it says, The word of the Lord came to Joel, the son of Pithiel, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days or even in the days of your fathers? He's saying, uh, basically, this has not happened before. What you're about to face has never happened to this extent before. It's never happened like this before. And the truth is, is that um, we probably face in America some things that are coming that America has never faced before. And it doesn't matter who's the president. It doesn't matter what the leadership is. The truth is, the, the, uh, as time passes and we come closer to the coming of Christ, uh, America becomes more evil. It just does. And there's going to be a judgment. But he says, here's what he says. He says, tell your, your children of it and let your children tell their, grand, uh, tell their children and their children another generation. And here's what he says. I want you to tell him. He says, this is what's going to happen now. He says, and, this, and some believe maybe this was happening at, the point, at this point, saying, look, this is what is happening or going to happen, and this is where it's, where it's going to end. He says, that which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. And he's saying it's just going to keep coming that the evil is just going to keep coming and going to keep devouring. And whatever little bit is left, the next, the next uh, series of events is going to devour that. And so he comes, and then, of course, into the passage we just came to, the warning or what he's asking the people to do, he says, rend your hearts, not your garments. Joel is a warning. Now, who is he talking to? These were people that, who fasted. These were people who sacrificed. These are priests and people of God. But judgment was coming to them. Now, why was it coming? Why was judgment still coming? And, and we, we look, and, and, and forgive me, I go all the way back to uh, 1990 and the Persian uh, Gulf War. I think it was 1989-90. I believe it was 1990. Uh, when it was, I was teaching a class, probably had about 30 men in an in a evening college class. And, and uh, that night, uh, it really started coming out, and, and a war was beginning over there in Persian Gulf War. And, and uh, as, as it was transpiring, man, I mean, you, you started talking to, uh, everybody's calling for prayer, and, and people are starting talking about end times, and they're talking about this is the right place and the right nations and the right, uh, you know, time, and this, is, this could be very easily the end time wars and, and things like that. And I'll be honest with you, it's a little bit, it, was, it would shake you a little bit what was all going on. 
Uh, and people, National Day of Prayer, and people in churches were, were gathering, and people were flooding in. Matter of fact, uh, we were running a military ministry, and, and sailors were getting saved by the droves. I mean, man, that military ministry, they were getting saved. We would have nights of 100%. Uh, one night, we had 58 sailors come down, and uh, I mean, not 58, but 58 sailors who came for the first time, and, and 55 of them trusted Christ that night, and, and uh, all 55 of those boys walked out and got baptized the next day. And, and uh, you know, of course, baptism is not essential to salvation, but, but, uh, but they just all just, they were that fired up. They were that all, you know, they're, they're scared. You know, I mean, they, they want to get right before something happens. And, 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 uh, and we were getting reports and stories about guys who were chaplains and they over, who were over in, in the Persian Gulf area and there and how they were saying really just revival was taking place under the tents uh, where guys were gathering together and man, they, it was just guys were getting saved by the droves. And, and so, but almost immediately, we started getting reports, if you remember it, that they were firing Scud missiles at us, and our Patriot missiles were knocking them out of the sky. We were blowing them away. We flipped like that. The nation flipped like that, and is no longer asking God anything or praying to God. Immediately, it was turning back to our great technology, our great war power, our, our great ability. And listen, I'm for a strong army, and I'm for uh, being great, but, but the fact is, I'm never for trusting in our greatness. And this was who God was talking to. This was a great people. This was a people who were, were going to church. This was a people who were uh, fasting and praying. These were the people who were with God, but why was judgment coming to them? Why? They did the right thing, but it was not in their hearts. Here's the whole reason. God's saying, you're doing the performance. You're going through the motions. You, you're looking the part, but it's not in your heart. Does your heart cry out to know God? To be close to God. To be moved by God in, in your inner being? Do you yearn to know God? To know what He really wants? These were a proud people. And in their pride, they were seeking their own desires. They had been blessed, and now they took it for granted. You know, that's the real danger here in America. We don't understand how blessed we are. I wish I could take everybody in the church with me one time to Africa. One time go down there to those villages. One time everybody stay with my daughter and son-in-law. And stay and live the way in which they live. There's no hospital to run to. There's no supermarket or pharmacy to run to. They expected blessings and they complained that they did not receive what they desired and believed they deserved. But see, our God is the Lord of hosts and 
He has every creature at his command, and when he pleases, he can humble a proud, rebellious people. These were a people of comfort and luxury, a people who were comfortable in their possessions, and they found their happiness and gratification of their physical being. But when we live for pleasure, possessions, power, preeminence, we will suffer in a greater way when we lose them. When they mean everything to us, when they're taken away, it hurts that much more. My wife has said this several times, and every time she does, I cringes. I cringes. I cringe. This is fasting, folks. It gets to your brain. But she'll say, she'll say, Lord, you've, you've been so good to us, and you've blessed us with this beautiful home, but Lord, if you take it away tomorrow, I'll be okay. And every time she does that, I go, now, Lord, she, she just, she just joking. <laughs> Hold on now. Don't really listen to that woman. The woman thou gavest me. It's not the house. I just don't want to move again. Those who are content with having God are not bothered to lose what was never truly theirs. And they understand it was not really the possession that was important. The more we have things and pleasures to satisfy us, the more we expose ourselves to trouble. You got to understand that. The more we focus on the things, the more we, more we focus on the entertainment, the more we focus on the, our technology, the more we focus on all of our possessions, the more we do that, the more we are begging God to take them away. This is what we see in Joel, of people who were blessed and, be- listen to this statement, please. The people who were blessed and became controlled by the blessing rather than the blesser. We need to live in continual dependence upon God and on His providence and on His provision. Folks, I, I-, I beg you. We- You've been so good, and, and, and the people of Calvary to, to just jump right in, and many are fasting, and many are, are, are I think, I, I don't know anybody that's not trying to fast some way, somehow, doing this to some extent uh, in, in, in this 21 days, and I thank you, and I, and I appreciate it, and, and I believe God appreciates it, but, I, but I, we've got to understand that this is not a fast, it's not an endurance contest, it's not a, an act of the will, it's something where God says, He commands it, but He says, rend your heart, not your garments. Chapter 2 of the book of Joel shows us God's judgments in in verses 1 through 14. In verses 15 through 27, it's his exhortation to, he's he's, he's asking us to fast and to pray. And he says that its blessings are promised if we will. And, And it even comes down to verses 28 and 32 because honestly these people in the book of Joel, it appears that the way it's written that they must hear because God then blesses them in verses 28 through 32. We're not going through it, but you can look at it later. But in chapter 1, verse 14, God has already commanded them to fast. But in chapter 2, he will make it clear the fast must be a fast from the heart. 
We must understand that God brings judgment not to destroy us completely, but to bring us to the point where we will seek Him in sincerity. We must, he wants to, us to rend our hearts, not our garments. He, the outward expression may or may not reveal the heart, but when a heart is torn because of our sin, and that's what God means, rend your heart. He's saying, when, when you've 